Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are now a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here. I'm joined by a man that screams, oh boy, cheese, when he sees that cheesy slice of cake. It's Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? It's going really well. I, I, um, I know we have a big amount of news to get through, but there's uh, one thing that I just wanted to mention. If any international baseball fans, there's been a uh, story coming out of the British Baseball Federation about some advertising they did for their women's league um, and, and, and the right and wrong way to advertise. They put basically a half-naked woman as their advertisement and it's caused some uh, resignation for the the women's league chairman and and some of the players have talked about boycotting the game uh, there's some really interesting articles on that i hope everyone can look that up you know as american baseball fans we 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 kind of have a tunnel vision for our game it's good to see um it's good to, to see that the game is thriving in other areas and uh, it's good to know what's going on in them. So I wanted to bring that up before we moved on, uh, because I think it's important to uh, to support the game in all over the world. And uh, other than that, uh, things are going great for me. Sorry to start out on a downer or on that newsy notes, but uh, things are going great for me. And how you guys doing? Doing well. I'm glad you said that. It's it should be well known. If people aren't familiar, I, I wasn't as familiar with it. I'm going to be looking that up after the show, uh, just to familiarize myself with it a little bit more. Uh, so no, I well said. Uh, I will bring the spirits up again because I want to introduce the other guy on this show, and that's been the guy that's been called Piggy, and that, <laughs> that is the Doc Eric Mendelson. What's going on? You know, it's it's a pretty good day when you have Taiwan Walker and Zach Wheeler combined for 70 <laughs> points in a points league, and you're playing your brother who's one and three and tilting. It's amazing. I'm doing oh, well, yeah. David. Are either, of them, are either of them called Piggy? No, but uh, <laughs> neither of them play for a team that's under 500 Eric, right now. Eric, stop being a piggy. David, <laughs> win some games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed you didn't laugh because I was when I thought of that in the car today. I was like, oh God, I, I couldn't even hold myself from laughing. David David said, Hey Eric, if I can make you laugh in the intro, I'll give you five dollars. No, no, well, I said you have to pay me five dollars. Okay. Well, it's about three minutes in and I haven't laughed yet. I've smiled, so let's see if it happens the rest of the time. You you can play it for your girlfriend and she can see if she can laugh. I'll take that too. Okay. All right. Well, 
on the show. We got a, a busy show today. Uh, we have Bloom Boards on Blast. If you exist in the fantasy baseball universe, you have to know the power of the Bloom Boards. While they contain an incredible amount of information, they can be used to identify breakouts, trends, over and underachievers, and much more. These boards are some of the greatest pieces of data on the internet you can find today. So I'll give you guys a guess. Who do you think is guessing on the show to help break down these with us? Doc, who do you think? Um, Michael Govier. <laughs> that would be pretty fun if he was on the show doing that. But I mean, who else do these? But we also we have somebody even better when it comes to Bloom Boards. That is the man himself who created them, Ryan Bloomfield of Baseball HQ, joining us today. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for that because we'll have him talking about four of his Bloom Boards from this season, identifying players that fit in. Uh, maybe guys we can buy in if they're breaking out with the stats that that show they're breaking out. So it's going to be a, a fun show. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week. Which MLB player do you think has the highest alcohol tolerance? And our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So, guys, if you're ready to get another episode started, then, man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! I know I'm getting to the point now where... Uh, my sound levels are acceptable because my fiance, who I think has, hears me scream that in the house, I think when she first heard me do it, she's like, God, why are you screaming? And now she doesn't even like look at me now. She's just like doing what she's doing, doesn't care. So I shouldn't look at you anyway, ugly. <laughs> are you upset because I called you a piggy? <laughs> That's creative. I can't <laughs> believe you said that. Uh, well, a lot of news. A lot of news. Uh, unfortunately, with our schedules, we can't really do much more than one pot a week. That could change down the road. But so news definitely does back up. We want to make sure we we get you guys our perspective on all the news that comes out over a week's time. And we're going to start out with the most recent news, and we'll kind of backtrack to stuff that have happened since we last recorded. Got to start out first with one of the goats, and that's Albert Pujols, who was designated for assignment today. Uh, his last year with his Angels contract. His time in the Anaheim area is coming to an end in this shocking move. He was DFA'd uh, last year of his 10-year, $240 million contract. Cheesecake, were you surprised by this? And do you think that Pools has played his last game? I was surprised because of the respect that Pujols has around the game and the fact that uh, the Angels have been they've been playing him and he hasn't he hasn't been terrible this year he's been he's been a pretty decent hitter uh from from the last i checked on it he might have gone on a slump recently but um you know they have always shown him the respect of keep putting him out there even though he has been sort of an average to below average player for a few seasons now so i was surprised that this happened but they do have a lot of players uh that they want to get some time in they have a lot of prospects that they they want to have some uh plate appearances for for me, though, I, I think he probably has played his last game. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's sad to see him uh, go because he's been such a great player for so long. Yeah, and for people that are like, oh, let's have him reunite with Tony La Russa, remember, uh, first base is occupied by Jose Abreu, and the DH right now is occupied by Yermin Mercedes. So uh, there's not exactly a fit for him for everyday playing time for his old manager not like the Cardinals necessarily need his bat right now either. He's better than Matt Carpenter, though. Uh, I don't know. 
Matt hey, Carpenter is sitting under a hundred, but Matt Carpenter has more position flexibility, which I that think is, is what, what keeps him with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I did hear this nugget from Jeff Passan who did say, I think one of the, they had been thinking about this move back at spring training and the final nail in the coffin seemed to be when Yarborough pitched a bit against them yesterday. Uh, I don't have Pujols' numbers in front of me, but apparently he's had a lot of success against Ryan Yarbrough, and it was very well known the amount of success he's had, and he still didn't get in the lineup. And I think that that caused problems wow. in the clubhouse. So um, that's what Passon said today on SportsCenter. So wow. I'm, I'm guessing that was the straw that broke the camel's back for that. Let's go to uh, another bit of news here. The Blue Jays are placing George Springer back on the 10-day IL retroactive to May 3rd with a right quad strain. He re-aggravated the same injury uh, that kept him out for most of April. He's had 18 at-bats this season, so he hasn't had a lot of at-bats with his new team. Uh, They are expected to bring in Jonathan Davis, recalled from AAA Buffalo. His tenure is definitely not off to a good start. Doc, how frustrated are you right now with Springer, and is there anybody on the Blue Jays roster that you're expecting to benefit from this? Yeah, so um, I, Springer is like the one guy that I don't own in any of my leagues. I've been decimated by injuries for TGFBI. It's got to be frustrating. This is the first year of a six-year contract. I think the Blue Jays were uh, somewhat favorites to come out of the AL East and maybe even contend for the World Series. And Springer is the most they've spent on a free agent in a while. And the fact that he's been able to only play four games at DH, I think you're not optimistic um, they said that he's not going to come off after the minimum, minimum 10 day IL, but I think it bodes well for Teoscar Hernandez and Randall Gritchick, who probably both would have been battling playing time had he been healthy. Yeah. Uh, I think people were wondering how the blue Jays were going to get all those bats in, including Rowdy Telez, who's not even with the team right now. He's he yeah. sent down. So, um, and Lord, Lord has started off very, very slowly. So it gives him a little bit longer runway as well mm-hmm. to sort of pick it up too. And they, they say this every year, draft talent, don't worry about the opportunity. I don't know if that's exactly how it goes, but pretty much they're saying, look, talent will win out. Uh, if you're worried about crowded situations like the Padres, like the Blue Jays, there's always people that are getting hurt or underperforming that will make sure if, if your guy's a stud like you think he'll be, that he'll get in the lineup. So uh, just make sure to remember that when you draft for next year. Red Sox ace Chris Sale worked off a mound today for the first time in his recovery since March 2020. TJ, um, it's interesting. Jen, Jen McCaffrey of The Athletic was among those to relay this. There's still no timeable for his return to action. I don't think anybody's holding on to him too much in, in redraft leagues right now. Uh, you know, maybe you'll get a little bit of action from him at the end of the season, but it is a good step in his progression here. The Angels announced a series of roster moves, including the moving of Anthony Rendon back to the 10-day IL with a left knee contusion. This will be Rendon's second trip to the IL this season. He missed about two weeks in April due to a left groin strain. After returning for seven games, he's out again with the knee. Um, It it expected that he can return in relatively short order, according to Mike Giovanna of the Los Angeles Times. Doc, I know you're... Goodbye, $10 that I bet on Rendon winning the MVP. Like, I was going to say, I know you're, season. you're a Rendon owner. I know you're hurting. Oh, um, gosh. And the thing is, he's good when he's healthy. He just can't stay healthy now. Agreed. Uh, Max Fried returned from the IL, had a rough start to the year, but turned in his best start off the IL with holding the Nationals to one run over five innings yesterday, as we record on May 6th. Cheesecake, if uh, you have Max Fried, are you encouraged? 
by this start, or are you uh, still kind of skeptical and on a wait and see mode here? No, I'm encouraged. I think that Max Fried uh, obviously came into the season, and there was a you know there was something that wasn't right, which is why he didn't look good. Um, but I think that we have a long enough track record of what he's done to say, show that that was that's that wasn't who he is, and who he is is what we saw in 2019 and 2020. And uh, hopefully he's he's right again, and we can get back to what we we had been seeing prior to to the beginning of this year. So if you had Max Fried in a weekly league, are you comfortable? Uh, I know context for what your pitching staff would look like, but just mm-hmm. with no context, are you comfortable putting him out there? Absolutely. Yeah. I think you drafted him to be your two or three starter. And uh, so, you know, you got to take that chance. Uh, uh, he came back and looked good enough that you got to take that chance because he's, he's, he's someone you were expecting to rely on. Fair enough. The Rays announced they've placed right-hander Diego Castillo on the 10-day IL with right groin tightness. Pete Fairbanks is now back in the picture. Um, Cheesecake, is he someone you would think would be the closer for them? Well, he, he's someone who who was rumored to be part of the uh, the the potential closers until Castillo kind of grabbed a hold of it. So he's someone who I would speculate on. Uh, the Rays always have a few guys, but right now he's the guy I would look to. Yeah, and if he's a free agent in your league, definitely I would go pick him up. Reds first baseman Joey Votto suffered a fractured left thumb on Wednesday. He's looking to miss about a month, according to Bell. Votto's walk and strikeout rates also have been much worse than his career marks. Pete been talked about since last year that he kind of changed his approach at the plate. But the bottom line results, if you look at his stat cast metrics, he ranked near the top of the league in expected slugging percentage, average exit velocity, expected weighted on base percentage, uh, hard hit percentages, and expected batting average. So I think there was some room for uh, positive regression for him. If you have an IL spot, I would try to put him there. If obviously you're hurting and you don't have the room, then you can safely drop him for now. Um, again, that's assuming if you don't have the room, you're probably going to want to use it on other guys. The Twins announced they've placed outfielder first baseman Alex Kirilov on the 10-day IL due to a right wrist sprain and reinstated Miguel Sano. Kirilov's IL placement is retroactive to March 4th. Uh, Kirilov had homered four times in the Twins series victory over the Royals this past weekend and also had a pair of doubles uh, Monday against Texas. Over the past seven games, Kirilov's put together a blistering 321, 333, 857 slash line with seven extra base hits, 11 runs batted in. Uh, Doc, Cheesecake, if you have Kirilov on your team, are you holding him on the IL? Like, are, is, this, is this a must-hold IL guy? Do you also have Yelich? Yeah, uh, I mean... Because that's my say- TGFBI team. <laughs> there you go. by it. You, you guys tell me. Should I be holding on to him? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm very, he's been the twins best hitting prospect for a little while now. Um, and he actually was not a high strikeout guy in the minors. He's a guy that makes a lot of good contact. I, I'm holding on to him if you can personally, I, she's, I don't know how you feel about it. Well, one thing that I want to say, cause I drafted Kirilov in TGFBI and dropped him to, to, you know, I think before the season started when he didn't come up with the team, when he came up and was starting to, to hit very well, I had definitely that that regret feeling um and now i have a little bit of a happy feeling because he's injured and i want to know if that makes me a bad person <laughs> i was gonna say do you want to reward that jeez you're does awful. that make me a bad person 
and 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 is there a word for like it's like uh, the schadenfreude effect fantasy baseball effect where like when something bad happens to someone else it makes you feel good i don't know i i, I feel i feel kind of like a bad person because it was my move to drop him and now that he's injured i'm like oh god if he if he stays injured then i didn't make a bad call on dropping him <laughs> god you are you are so bad we're you dropping are. you. Why are you being a dickhead fool? Stop being a dickhead. <laughs> I couldn't say it better myself. God, cheesecake, cheesecake. I, I was gonna use true. that for. I, I was gonna use that for Doc, but I, that was the right time to do it. Uh, hey, Doc. It was the perfect have, time. Doc, Thanks I have for a, sparing me. Doc, I have a question for you. Are you gonna ask me what the what is? What's the question? The question? told you i'd make you laugh okay back to the news we're back we're back in we're back in character here amir garrett (laughs) amir garrett was suspended seven games and fined undisclosed amount for his benches clearing incident just showing again that man does not afraid to throw uh throw hands with anybody right now. absolutely crazy he got suspended then seven more games than all the astros combined for the cheating scandal yeah, you use that a lot. I would change your stick. Yeah, but it's something you should never forget. Yeah. Uh, we also have some news that dated. Well, I'll bring this one up first. Christian Yelich went back to the 10 day IL. Yelich odors. Eric's one. I'm one. So frustrating. Uh, he's been dealing this back issue for a while, dating back to last year. So I'm actually very concerned about this. He only played um, Monday after returning from missing three weeks, and he's right back on it. Uh, Manager seems concerned right now, as as Craig Council said, it doesn't feel. He said it doesn't feel good, and they uh, something that else that hasn't been diagnosed apparently. So, uh, Doc Cheesecake. Well, Doc, I know you're frustrated. I don't even want to ask you because you're going to act out of emotion right now. Cheesecake, as someone who doesn't look like he has too much yellage, what do you do if you have him? You have to hold him if you have the you have the spot because you took him too high and. You know, you putting him out on the waiver wire right now, it, it, it's it's a reactionary move, and and you have to give yourself some time with this to to see what the outlook's going to be. Obviously, the injury doesn't look good, and it's and it's something that's possibly lingering since last season, as you said. So, you're you know you have to keep a little bit of hope alive. You know, if you have a if you if you can hold them at least for a couple a week or two until we have a little bit more outlook on what his timetable for return is going to be. Doc, did you want to, I feel like you were getting ready. No, I, I mean, obviously you're frustrated if you're a Yelich owner, but just as a person, I hope this isn't like a bigger illness or issue. You know, the fact that his back has been acting up for what seems to be close to a year. And the fact that he said, I don't feel good. It's not, Oh, my back is aching. Oh, it, it's bothering me. I don't feel good to me. The first thing I think of is an illness, something that's bigger than just his back. So maybe that's why they're being a little mum about it. Um, but his MRI came back clean uh, a couple weeks ago. So you have to wonder if it's something that's bigger. And if it is, hopefully he can get to get it taken care of quickly. If you have Yelich, are you trading? Are you selling low on him to get some value right now in a season long? I would. If, if, you're, if you're in a position where you need to trade him, um, I would. Cheesecake, would you as well? 
I would. I just don't know what sort of return you can get on him. Um, like, like, do you think you could get, um, you know, Fran Mill Reyes, you know, uh, a DA a util would, would, would the Fran Mill Reyes owner give it up for an injured Christian Yelich, not knowing when he might return? Like you, you'd have to sell for like quarter, like a quarter on the dollar. I think it, I think you'd be selling at a huge discount now, but you know, you're at that point where you sell now or you might actually get nothing for them. So it is a really tough call um, for me to, to say, but I, I think that you're not going to be getting nearly what he, he does, he earned uh, what, what he should get in a normal trade like uh, Max Muncy and uh, Trevor Bauer. <laughs> you're such a dick. <laughs> Where's my button? Where's my button? <laughs> Why you being a dickhead fool? Stop being a dickhead. I'm gonna have this in my head when I go to bed tonight. <laughs> oh, cheesecake's throwing jabs out here. So I don't like that. Uh, we got a last couple bit of news. This this happened way way back. Right again. This is before, uh, since our last recording. Luis Robert is expected to be out three to four months after a scary injury where he had to be helped off the field. Uh, is there anybody that the White Sox could have right now that you're interested in to take his place? You guys can just chime in. Future White Sox, Albert Pujols. Lurie Garcia, Billy Hamilton. Lurie Garcia. Yeah, Lurie Garcia uh, is going to get some extended run. He's he's a fringe player if you're in a deep league. He's got some speed, so he's someone who's going to get some run. And, I, and everyone has been saying it, you know, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, if he's available, which he probably isn't, but if he is... You know, they got to play him now, right? They got to play him now. Yeah, I think he's going to get everyday playing time for sure. And he's yeah. outfield and first yeah. base eligible too, which is good. Um, Royals announced the top pitching prospect, Daniel Lynch, will be called up Monday. He actually pitched pretty well in his debut. Um, the interesting part about this was Jacob Junis got moved to the bullpen, which I was extremely shocked. He's been really solid. A 3.47 ERA, 3.35 Sierra, 28.7 strikeout rate over 23 and a third innings. I was, again, I was blown away. He got, he was the one that got moved to the bullpen. Um, Cheesecake, are you interested in Daniel Lynch or is he more of a, a, uh, no thanks guy? I'm interested. Um, I think he's, I mean, I don't think he's going to be going, uh, as, as other analysts have said, I don't think he's going to be going for as much as like Shane McClanahan went last, last week, but um, I'm interested in Lynch. Uh, I, I'm going to be putting in, I'm going to make sure that uh, I, I put in some keep him honest bids on fab, uh, depending on the side of the size of the league and in a 10 team league, he's just, I don't think he's going to get enough volume to be worth it. Uh, and I don't know exactly how long he's going to be with the Royals, but the Royals are good. So they might want to just keep him up and stretch him out. So, um, but definitely the deeper leagues, I'm going to be trying to, Acquire him. Make sure that people are going to have to pay pay up to get him. Like it, the the Braves moved Travis Diarno to the sixty day IL. As it was revealed, he had a torn thumb ligament that which will require surgery. He's going to be pretty much out for the rest of the year. Uh, he's not worth holding on if you have him. They are bringing in William Contreras, who is the brother of Wilson Contreras, and actually had his first home run yesterday. Uh, so if you need a catcher, he's probably available on your waiver wire. Some intrigue there. Pick him up. Jose Alvarado suspended three games for his part in last Friday's uh, fracas between the Mets and Phillies. So he's going to appeal that. We'll see how that plays out. 
The last bit, a couple bit of news here since we were last on. Jesus Lazardo is on the IL with a fractured throwing hand, actually a pinky. Uh, and it was happening when he was apparently playing video games and he knocked his hand against the desk, which I think is translation for Jose Jesus Lazardo probably pounded the table when something happened in a video game and broke his pinky. He did pitch against the Orioles, uh, didn't pitch very well. Is there anybody, Doc or Cheesecake, that you think benefits from this move that you could pick up in that rotation? Maybe Mike Fires as a dart throw, but that's it. Mm-hmm. That's who I would uh, guess as well. And then the last little bit here, the Dodgers have now lost Dustin May for the rest of this year and probably a good chunk of 2022 as he underwent TJ. Uh, May felt a shooting sensation in his arm, so you knew right from that that wasn't good. He now joins a growing Dodgers list of injuries that includes David Price and Tony Gonsolin. Um, who would have thought the Dodgers, who were stacked at pitching, have literally no pitching left? I'm very curious. There's a name by the guy named Josiah Gray, uh, who's their top pitching prospect. Cheesecake, I don't know if the name has come across to you at all. Is this somebody that you'd be interested in picking up? He's never pitched above double A. I mean, Gonsolin is is my first go-to on this, but he's still, I think, a few weeks off right now. Um, anyone like Gray, I don't think is going to be long for the Dodgers, long for the major, uh, major leagues. So, I mean, he's someone who, who I might stream, pick up for, for spot start or if, if they do bring him up. But Gonsolin is my target. Um, he, his skills are, are really good and uh, – when he comes back, I think he's going to be fantastic. So if he's someone who is was dropped because of his injury in your league, looks like he's got a rotation spot opened up right now. So that's that's exciting. Am I the only one that feels like the Dodgers are going to trade? Like they don't need to make a move now since they're leading the division. But I could see like a team like the Cubs if they're out of contention by the All Star break, them getting Kyle Hendricks for basically nothing, or like a Sonny Gray. I mean, I don't. They like to hold on to their prospects. I feel like they're they're not. Yeah, but for the what for what the Cubs gave up for you, Darvish, I feel like they could get some return, or probably a lesser return. It's I don't know. It also shows how hard it is to repeat. There hasn't been a repeat since I think the uh, early two thousand Yankees. So I mean, I I think they just won a World Series last year. I could see them easily being like, look, if this is just an injury marred year. We're not going to make any panic moves and we'll just come back. No, they signed Trevor Bauer to a huge contract. They're totally thinking about repeating. It's year to year, still kind of ish. Like he has an opt out if he wants every year. They just signed Mookie to a huge extension and paid Bauer. I definitely. I'm I'm not, I'm not saying they're taking, they're going to take multiple years where they're not content. I'm saying if, if one year they're like, Hey, we're not going to tear down our entire farm system to go and get a pitcher for this year. Like I, I can understand if they stand pat. That's just me at least. They always seem to find good trades though. They don't seem to give up their best guys and get, yeah. they get really good players and they're keeping their, their guys they really want to keep. Uh, so I think if they want to make a trade, there's going to be a trade out there. They have plenty of value in that system. Uh, plenty of people to trade. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. I, I mean, if the Cubs are, if the Cubs, are stinking, you know, Hendricks, Hendricks is on a really good contract. I think he's at like 10 or 11 mil per season right now. And he's, he's, he's under control for a few years. So he would be a fantastic get for any team, but, uh, you know, obviously being a Cubs fan, I hope we don't get the, uh, the dinner scraps that the Dodgers want to give up for their, uh, for their <laughs> pitcher down the stretch for, for Hendricks, who's, who's under 
team control for a while. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that might be a record for news and notes. Uh, the, the real OGs that listen to our entire news and notes section and don't just fast forward to the guest, we appreciate you. For sure. uh, but if you, if you enjoy hearing us talk and you enjoy uh, me calling uh, Cheesecake a... Uh, Why you being a dickhead fool? <laughs> Stop being a dick. Then uh, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football and basketball show you can check out. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about you can uh, little leave us a little five-star rating and review wherever you find podcasts and hook your boys up. We'd really appreciate that. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy. Eric runs our social media and provides daily questions, posts that no one cares about, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Why are you being a dickhead for? Why are you being a dickhead for? If you want to keep the fun going, check check out TripPlayFantasy.com. All the best articles, videos, podcasts, and more at the mecca of everything Triple Play Fantasy. Cheesecake just put an article out, I believe it was yesterday, mm-hmm. about a uh, looking at the season so far for the Chicago Cubs. Great read. If you want to go and check that out, there's a bunch of other great stuff there, but that came out yesterday. And uh, we appreciate if you check out the YouTube channel too. We're trying to hit that 100 subscribers. We're getting very close. Uh, we love interacting with our YouTubers. So, uh, Appreciate any support you want to give us there, but everybody that tunes in every single week, whether you listen to the pods, you watch us, any way you interact, we appreciate you, and uh, I want to let that be known. So, uh, Doc, do you appreciate the people? I appreciate the people a lot. There you go. There you go. Well, we will not hold you guys up any longer. We're going to jump into Bloomboards on Blast with Ryan Bloomfield right after this quick break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yo, what's going on? We're back at you live tonight. We got the normal crew, of course. To my, I guess it's, that's my right on the screen. That's Doc. No one's interested in talking to the Doc. We've <laughs> you got, are so salty. <laughs> we've got Cheesecake, who I always love seeing. Cheesecake, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty good. I, I feel good because we have a really special guest here that I'm super pumped to introduce. So without further ado, let's get the tunes on for him. I believe I can fly. All right. Tonight, I I we welcome in a man with your uh, song is too good. I can't even I can't even introduce him while this is going. I'm, I'm sorry, Ryan. That song is just too much fire to, to, for me to cut it off here. We welcome in a man that with his old hair, you weren't sure if he was a mad scientist with his voice or I'm sorry, you weren't sure if he was a mad scientist, but his voice, you weren't sure if he's Matthew McConaughey or with his fancy baseball knowledge that he's a psychic. The 2020 FSWA Baseball Writer of the Year, the 2015 FSWA Writer of Baseball Article of the Year, and contributor to the Baseball Forecaster and Baseball HQ Radio every year since 2013. Where does this Virginia Tech Hokie have time for all this? I do not know. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome in the six-time Home League champion, 
who owns a 2014 KFFL baseball analyst draft title and a 2015 NFBC draft champions crown as well. The man who blooms like a flower before our eyes with his awesome bloom boards, Mr. Ryan Bloomfield. How is it going, my friend? Uh, it's going great, man. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm more impressed with the intro or the or the or the R Kelly. I, I've never been introduced with R Kelly in the background, and that's uh, oh, that's oh. good stuff. So hey. yeah, that's you guys treat your guests well here, and, and then with the with the graphics, with the artwork, like this is good. You guys, oh, man. professional operation. I mean, this is a man on this graphic, and then we get to see him on screen too. I mean, can't beat that. Oh, and you're right. This is my first. Uh, I think yeah, this is my first event post post haircut. So I went 13 months without without chopping it, and finally finally did it. So this is my debut with uh, looking somewhat somewhat normal. Yeah, I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing to how come you got rid of it. Was it uh like the wife said it was time or what? Like what was the the situation? Pretty much, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was external forces. Um, <laughs> I, I promised the wife that I would that I would chop it when I got my COVID vaccine. So it was my COVID wow. hair. So I got I got my got my shot a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, had to go straight to Great Clips for the poor soul that uh, that that had to cut my hair for me. Actually, it, it took like five minutes, and they, she was like, "Yeah, this is nothing." I was like, "Damn, okay." <laughs> when you when you saw it hit the ground, where you're like, "Oh, oh man, like that? That's all mine." Like, yeah, I got a good picture of it. It looked like a, I mean, it looked like a legit like dog on the ground. Uh, <laughs> it could like at any moment kind of walk away, but it didn't. So it, it was a sad day. It was a lot of work, you know, 13 months to put that in, but uh, but I had to cut it at some point. That's awesome. Uh, so I, I, before we get started, we got a really fun show planned for tonight. Um, I got to ask you first. How did you get the inspiration for your bloom boards? Because they're so unique. They're so awesome. Obviously, we're going to be getting into that tonight. So I just would love the background on how those came about. Yeah, it just kind of came about organically. Like, so I, I mean, I kind of did this stuff. I'm a big data guy. I'm a big database person. That's what I do in my day job is uh, uh, database stuff. And so I, it's a perfect kind of crossover to fantasy. So for writing my articles for Baseball HQ, I would just kind of kind of pull data and things that I thought were interesting and meaningful uh, for my articles. And then kind of just said, oh, why don't I try and put this out there on Twitter and just see what happens. And a couple of times, you know, got some good engagement, people people talking about it. And and then eventually I decided to kind of, because, you know, it's all about shameless self-promotion and branding on Twitter. Uh, just gave it a little alliterative hashtag. Um just kind of spruced up the format of them so they look good so they look, look nice and clean and polished and uh started putting them out like three years ago honestly and they really took off like last year um and it's just awesome to to put it out there and and have people interact and engage with it. it's taken off a lot more than i thought it would so it's 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 a lot of fun to do yeah i remember i would see a couple analysts that i we've been doing this about a year uh, a little over a year now and i remember first hearing about it like people like bubba uh, and, and others putting them out there being like bloom board dropped. You got to look at this information. I'm like, oh man, like these are awesome to look at. I was like, they're so specific about certain things. And uh, it's almost like a, a party when they come out, you're like, all right, what's the newest bloom board that's getting out there? Uh, that's right. I should probably promote them like ahead of time. I, I have heard from a couple uh followers who have like notifications on their phone that uh, <laughs> when it drops, like the, the actual hashtag, it, 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 you know, it pops up on their phone and they can see it. I'm like, wow, that's uh 
special stuff. I like it. Yeah, you got. Uh, I don't know what the the Evaldi has to do with it, oh, but uh, yeah, Evaldi was a very popular uh, bloom boards um, guy who was on a lot of different pitching boards. So he kind of became like my guy for this year it started out really nice and then he gave up uh the last couple outings haven't begun i think he gave up six and earned to the tigers today so So we'll see he's got like a low four zra uh health is the big thing for him but yeah you have all the people were calling him a couple years ago is the it was the maeda boards if you talk to alex chamberlain (laughs) a couple years ago like kenta maeda would show up on every single one uh you know pitch mix or swinging strikes or whatever i decided to do and then this year it was Evaldi. So people were calling me Evaldi boards and kind of kind of grew into that. So I, I have some some vested interest in Nate Evaldi shoving this year. So we'll just see how it comes <laughs> out. Hasn't oh, gotten hurt yet. So I'm very familiar having picked him up and having him give up the six or in runs today. I just yeah. that was what Brian came on the show and I was in the middle of cursing because I, I just saw the line. So uh but he has looked good uh, for at least the beginning part of the this season, and he's been part of that surprise Red Sox team this year, a big part of it. Um, Absolutely. But we're going to talk more about those bloom boards because for the show tonight, we have bloom boards on blast. That's right. We're going to be looking at Mr. Bloomfield's bloom boards here. They contain incredible information, can be used to identify breakouts, trends, over or underachievers, uh, a lot of great information that you give on these. And again, we, we talked before the show, it's about four of the season that have been out. So we've got all four that we're going to kind of look at a little bit here. And you have pitching and hitting, which is great. So we can look at both sides of the ball here. And so without further ado, we are going to put the first one on the board here. And this one is from, I believe, April 19th. So our pretty faces are going to be cut off from the screen. I apologize for those that are tuning in just to see Ryan's face, but don't <laughs> worry, it will be up there again. Uh So this first one is April 19th, 13 pitchers with noticeable drops in fastball velo and swing strike rate through their first three starts. And this was according to main event ADP. Um, So looking at the names on this board, uh, it's it's actually pretty interesting to me. I think you have Um, a different board up right now, actually. Do I? Yeah, you have the... uh, Oh, wait, then it's, then it's this one. Then it's this one. There you go. There we go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I knew this was going to happen, so I that's why I'm, I'm prepared. I got all of them ready. We'll just have to shuffle through the right ones here. Seamless, seamless under pressure. Like <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the guys on who were on this list, Ryan, to you that stuck out as as somebody that uh, on here that you would like to talk about. Um, yeah, so like this is uh, yeah, so this was done yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and and I guess just a like, just a super quick step back if if your listeners haven't kind of seen these blue boards, basically they're they're lists of essentially lists of players based on kind of what I think is important in filters. So um, what I try and do with these things is try to come up with like a, a list that generates maybe like 10, 15 guys, so it's not some crazy amount of information that you're you're cramming in a tweet. And what you want to kind of look at is guys who you would kind of expect to be, you know, either really good in like a swinging strike rate or, or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a barrel rate or something for hitters, which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, but you kind of want to see like guys you would expect kind of at the top of the board. And then where, where it really gets fun and interesting is kind of that lower half of the board where it's like, oh, I didn't know that, um, 
you know, CJ Crone has a similar type barrel rate and whatnot to uh, to JD Martinez and that sort of thing. So that's kind of the the impetus behind these. So what I was looking at here, like this was yeah mid April, so it's you know it's so tricky as you guys know, like trying to figure mm-hmm. out what the what the hell's going on in April with uh, with sample size and all that. So what I wanted to do here was just look at like per pitch and just try and get that denominator as high as I could. So I was just looking at things that I think are important, things that you can key in on early in the season that's velocity like if somebody's velocity is down a couple miles an hour and there's a lot of these guys on that list that's something i'm you know pretty much immediately concerned about and uh same with swing strike rate right that's like a per pitch mix Mm -hmm. if you're suddenly not getting whiffs um that's that's going to be an issue so like a couple of guys that stood out to me and and since this board have gone out uh has gone out like they've kind of tanked is Armand marquez sorry if any of you guys had him uh this week just got totally uh Totally gombered. Um, at <laughs> home. term now, <laughs> and totally, totally Corbin. I'm a Patrick Corbin guy this year too, so I, I can uh, I'll share the the blame with that one. But uh, is the Giants yeah. getting to him? Yep, exactly. And the thing with Marquez, like it was tricky. Like you know, people who draft him, it's um, I mean, you know, the home and road split. But this was a tricky week. It was a two start week. It was Giants at home, and I forget who they're playing uh, this weekend. But the second half of that two step is on the road, so it's you know he was in a lot of people's lineups. But uh, but yeah, I've always loved the Marquez skills. But early this season, the velocity's down. Look at the swing strike rate down from from above average twelve point two percent to single digits this year. So like that combination of those two kind of warning signs is is something that uh that I kind of took. Another one is Pineda. Like Pineda has been. Uh, really good on the surface this year pitch today i think he gave up like two runs but um but yeah again drops in velo swinging strike and obviously kyle Hendricks has been uh you know he turned around a little bit last time but you kind of wonder when is that bottom going to fall out with kyle Hendricks? like what how low can that velocity go and uh and we're finding out what might happen there and it's it's not pretty so you again you kind of this was kind of an, an early season an early april like warning list of guys who uh who are lower velocity and lower swing strike rate so those are a few of the guys that uh that stuck out to me. Hopefully you don't have too many of these guys on your team. Although I guess Darvish and Bueller, they've, they've turned it around a bit. Castillo has been really rough. Yeah. I was going to, well, first with Hendricks, I'd heard, Eno know, talk about his, his arm slot and where his release point was and that hit, but the walks were a huge thing with Hendricks too. Right. Yep. And that, uh, if he can keep, he's usually been a pitcher that isn't overpowering you regardless, but he's been able to have pinpoint control and that control gone. That's been a, the bit, the big problem, but, it looks like over his last couple starts, the release point's been consistent. So I'm hoping that even if the loss is down a little bit, that that can at least make it where he's more serviceable than he's been. I, I'm really interested to ask you about Luis Castillo. And I know Doc also wants to chime in on that as well. But uh, Luis Castillo, uh, I feel like with his velocity being down as much as it has been, that's been huge for him. And I know the velocity is starting to creep back up, but he's still been uh, been awful. And his his best starts are like five innings, four and runs. How are you feeling about Luis Castillo? I'm I'm feeling better than most. Um, it's just uh, I I think a lot, of, and I just wrote him up for Baseball HQ. But Castillo, like, yeah, the velocity is coming back. Like he was up over 97 in his last outing, which you know still wasn't. I think he gave up four runs in the, in that one against the Cubs, but uh, it is trending upward. The thing with Castillo and a lot of the narrative with Castillo has been like, is he, you know, it, he's a warm weather pitcher. 
And what I did with that is I actually wanted to take a look at that and see if there's something to that narrative or not, because like Castillo, his opening day start, I don't know if you guys saw it, but like he was going against Jack Flaherty, it was 37 degrees in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And you could tell he was just uncomfortable. Uh, most of his games that, you know, the, the temperature game time temp in, in each of Castillo's starts 37 on opening day, then 77. So nice. Uh, but then 54, 58, 63. So he's had uh, four of his six starts under 65 degrees. And I looked over his career. He's made uh, 15 starts in cold weather, strikeout rate 23%, walk rate uh, 11%. If you take that same, uh, those, those same career splits over 85 degrees, the strikeout rate goes up from 23% to 30%, and the walk rate goes down from 11% to 6%. So he has shown that he's been a lot better guy in, in warm weather. I think there is something to that. And so it's going to take time. Like Cosio is, uh, you know, it's, it's got to warm up. But I, I do think he's going to turn it around. It might be too little too late because he's off to a horrible start, especially when you kind of compare it to uh, to every other starting pitcher in the second round of the ADP. Everyone else is kind of thriving. Castillo's not. But um, I think waited out. I don't think he's hurt. The velocity's coming back. He's still missing uh, missing bats with the changeup and getting ground balls. Uh, but it's going to take some time. So I, I'm not too worried to to, to kind of get give you the, the short answer there. And it's interesting you mentioned about Castillo. You know, I didn't realize about the, the weather splits. Um, you know, I was looking at some of the kind of underlying metrics this year, and he's never actually been a huge walk guy. He actually has the lowest walk percentage so far of his career. Uh, he gives up a lot of contact, and that's kind of his been his uh, his big Achilles heel um, and I think for him, you're banking on a high K rate of swing and miss stuff. He had 30.5% last year. The thing that is a little bit alarming to me is he's thrown his change up 39.4% of his pitches compared to 30% last year. And with that less speed variance, it means it's less effective and hitters are going to wait on it. And so I think that was, you know, I kind I kind of say like a diet Johan Santana where he had a, a above average fastball, but a superb change up. And I think once you ch once you throw that more, then it's less effective. Um, so that's something with the weather now. I'm gonna kind of be a little bit more uh, give them a little bit more of a cushion than I did before. But for the long term, uh, at least this season, I'm still kind of worried. You put some damn respect on Johan Santana's name. Don't you dare insult him. <laughs> He's that's, a why said, that's, that's why I said a diet Johan Santana. I, even, I don't even, that's, that's still too nice. I don't like that. Uh, so let's move no, to the that's next a good point. Like at, at some point, <laughs> if you keep, you know, every, it's so easy to say, use your best pitch, throw it more often at some point, like there are some diminishing returns when you're throwing it that much. I don't, I don't know if that's Castillo's problem, so to speak. One of the interesting things doc that you mentioned was, was the walk rate. Castillo is almost one of those guys where like, he's almost better when he's effectively wild. Um, mm -hmm. when he's not walking guys, that means he's throwing strikes and people are, people are hitting, especially with his slider. If you look at some of the location maps with Castillo's slider, he's leaving that thing over the plate and yes, it's a strike technically. Yes, it's in the zone, but you don't want those things in the zone. You want guys chasing those. And that's kind of been another part of his issue is like, I don't know if, you know, I kind of almost want to see that walk rate go up a little bit, um, so that he's not giving into hitters and, and trying to force him to chase with his stuff. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, you did bring up hitters. So for those that that crave the hitting talk right now, we're going to transition and get to your April 28th Bloom board, which I believe this should be the right one. 
And these are the 13 hitters with a top 180p that are hitting under 220. And again, this was as of April 28th. So we are talking a little over a week ago now. Uh, and this yep. uh, includes K percentages, barrels, Babbitt thrown in here as well. So let's let's take a look at what we got here. We got first of all, I love all the colors. I love that, that. Yeah, look at that extra that, mile that, for them, dude. That, it, this is why you're the best <laughs> for the reason. You're the best. Uh, and um, I see Freddie Freeman. Not surprised to see all that green with this K percentage barrels plate appearance. The Babbitt being so low. Obviously, when you see a, a low Babbitt, you're expecting for some regression to come in a positive way for these guys. Batting averages are going to go up. You can probably maybe even try to buy low on these guys for those that think, hey, they're just sucking this year. I'm going to just sell them now. Um, so that's a good indicator. But there's some other guys on this list I'm very concerned about, like Eugenio Suarez uh, and, you know, Kesson here, obviously, down in the minors now. Um, are there a couple guys on this list that stuck out to you that you want to highlight? I mean, Hira and Suarez, man. I mean, look at those strikeout rates. Like that's, oh, that's it, it's, 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 it's ugly. And, and kind of the point of this board was to, you know, take those top 180p guys, look at the surface level results, right? The batting average and the homers, but then look at the skills and the core skills for hitters, right? Or strikeout rates and, and barrels, essentially. Like how often are you making contact and, and how often are you uh, barreling it up? So, um, you know, the red there with with Suarez and Hirov with the strikeout rate is 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 really alarming to me. And obviously, this was before Hirov got sent down, so that's that's an issue. The other thing, the other thing that I don't like is look at those barrel rates for uh, Lindor, Biggio, and and Victor Robles, um, especially like Victor Robles. I'm just really concerned that he's never. I mean, despite all the prospect pedigree, he's just never been able to hit the major league level um you know he makes contact but it's super soft contact and and that's just continued i think people were assuming he would take that step forward and at least get him some bags but uh but robles has not done that the two guys i think who are gonna be fine um out of this list or really the three guys freddie freeman i mean it's freddie freeman like you're not gonna <laughs> overreact to a few months or a few weeks in april kyle tucker is gonna be just fine and he's kind of turned around a little bit austin meadows is the third one um mm-hmm. you look at that barrel rate and strikeout rate's good and a low bab up in meadows i think popped two home runs the other night so um he's already kind of kind of turning it around but uh but yeah those are the three guys i think would you know, I'd be least concerned about is Freeman, Tucker, and Meadows, and then yeah, Suarez, obviously here, Robles, and and Lindor is just weird. Uh, look at that strikeout rate, like ten. He, I mean, he's not striking out at all, uh, but he's also not making. Uh, he's making Robles like contact, which is uh, which is an issue. Yeah, I've heard people talking about that he's been very passive this year. His walk rate, I think, is actually also the highest of his career, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep, yep. And he's just being too passive, waiting for that perfect pitch to come. Uh, I think we like when Lindor is a little bit more aggressive. Hope, I, I mean, you got to trust in the player at this point that he's going to figure it out. And people, you know, also bringing up is a fair point. He was in in the central seeing a lot of the same pitchers over and over and over again, knowing what they throw. He's never seen these guys before. Trevor Rogers comes in there, or a Max Scherzer's there. It's like, all right, well, I've never seen their stuff. I can look on video, but until you face it, you it's probably a big difference for these guys. So, um, I mean, again, maybe you can try to buy low. I'm, I'm sure you're not going to get a steal type of value, but um, when he sees these pitchers a little bit more throughout the season, a turnaround I'm sure will happen. Do you guys uh, think his contract has anything to do with it? Just signing a mega extension and feeling the pressure. I think honestly, I think it's just new, 
new life. I mean, he was moving from Cleveland to New York and, and kind of like what, what many was saying, like, you know, all new pitchers. I, I I don't know if it's the pressure of the contract. I think it's just, it's, and this happens a lot with, uh, with, with guys who, uh, who go somewhere else. It's just a lot of newness and it, it's, it, it takes some time with some of these guys. I am curious before we move to the next bloom board here, if you're a Keston Hira owner, what the heck are you doing right now, Ryan? <laughs> um, yeah, so there's this thing called sunk cost, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it sucks. I mean, it does, but um, I just everything's league dependent, of course. But he's not hurt; he's down in the minor, so he's taking up a reserve spot on your team. If you don't have any reserve spots, um, I don't see him just magically turning it around uh, right now. I mean, this slump has been going on for um, all of last season as well, so it's um, it's it's troublesome. I think I personally think you have to cut bait and and move on it's uh he just hasn't been able to to make contact consistently the last couple of years and i think people are just are assuming he'll just kind of snap back to his rookie year and and that's it's not happening so it's it's uh it's unfortunate but i i think you move on i, 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 would, I did want to say sorry just sorry oh, to good job david i did want to say that i think ozuna is marcelo zuna is, is starting to turn it around he's gotten a hit in eight of his last nine games including a grand slam the other night uh, one thing with him and possibly with Suarez, you know, Ozuna played a lot of DH last year and Suarez is at a new defensive position. They have new defensive responsibilities, which I think is going to be tough. Um, do you, so you, you, uh, do you think, uh, Ozuna, I think Ozuna's solid now. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, he'll be fine. And actually the, the interesting thing too, and I was, I'm actually glad you brought up Ozuna. Cause like you look at the skills, like, yeah, 4% barrel rate, 27% striker rate. Like that's really not that great. But the thing I want to really kind of drive home here is just how like results can fluctuate. I mean, raw skills can fluctuate too. You can still be a good hitter and go through a bad slump and have a bad barrel rate and a high strikeout rate. Like it happens. Um, you know, these guys are human. They go into slumps. Ozuna, like I agree, has you know, a pretty sterling track record the last few years of being a pretty elite hitter. And mm-hmm. even if the underlying skills are down like those, those ebb and flow, just like the results do. So uh, we're starting to see that turnaround with Azuna as well. And so, yeah, basically just because he's been so good for so long, has that track record and doesn't seem to be like hiding an injury or anything like that. Um, even with the lower skills, I, I, I think he'll be absolutely fine. I will like to mention at this point, if you are like, what the heck are they talking about? I don't see anything or hear anything on the podcast that I can relate to. Well, we have a YouTube channel. And if you want to give us a listen and have the YouTube channel up, you can visualize and play along with us here. These bloom boards are color coded. So I promise it's worth your time. Yeah, Uh, they're also on Twitter. Just go to Twitter. Go to to Ryan at Ryan BHQ. If you want to look at them directly there too. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, again, it's a, if you subscribe to us on YouTube, you can also check these out there uh, where we'll have them all put up as well. Let's go to the third bloom board. And you got purple here, which I, I love the, the different variances of color. And again, I'm going to point that out because it's I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and for this one, we have the it was from May 1st. So, again, we're getting a little bit more recent now, too. And that's throwing strikes with a ball percentage of greater than 35%, getting Ks, limiting walks, uh, K to walk percentage of less than 14, keeping on the ground with a ground ball rate uh, less than 47%. And there were 12 pitchers that did this. So this one, very particular. I like the, when you, again, I the mastermind behind figuring out these specific ones, I love it. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I try and like, I don't know, it's kind of like, yeah, do I pull those numbers out of, you know, out of my ass or what? But like, I, I try and just kind of get it to a manageable like list of guys. So, you know, maybe like for that ball rate was, you know, maybe if I put like 36%, it, it had too many guys in there. So I, I try and just get it. So it's something that's readable and, and kind of manageable. But, um, but yeah, this one, I, I, I love stuff like this one. Cause like, I mean, what you're looking for when you really, when you boil down pitching, like, yes, there's a lot of like really good stack cast data out there and you can look at movement and spin rate and usage and whiffs on specific pitches and that sort of thing. And, and you can you can get nice takeaways from that stuff. But at the end of the day, like all you're looking for in a pitcher is somebody who throws strikes, someone right. who gets strikeouts limits walks and and doesn't give up homers and keeps on the ground like that's stuff that like even if you're not really into this kind of next level stat cast stuff like you can kind of understand like yeah that's what i want a pitcher to do and so um and so what i did with this one is yeah like all these guys and then i i, I threw their era on top of it which obviously has is filled with noise is filled with you know luck factors and babip mm-hmm. and strand rates and all that kind of stuff so you look at these guys who meet those kind of underlying skill filters and you get a you know a wide range from your your Musgrove 124 ERA in April, which is just nuts to like an Alex Cobb with a seven. Um, so it's just interesting to like when you boil it down and just look at those kind of like raw things that a, that a pitcher should be able to do. And then you throw the results on top of it. You get a really um, wide range of guys. And, and look at my man there, Eovaldi. Those were the good days. Those were, uh, those were before the, the six earned run Tiger tiger start but uh, he did show up on there so a few people responded oh surprise surprise you have all these back on it's such a nice mix of pitchers you have the high strikeout guys but then you also have the guys like marcus stroman who pitch a little bit more to contact you obviously can see the difference in ground ball percentages the k to walk percentage is obviously a lot higher for a guy like corbin burns compared to a guy like marcus stroman dustin may obviously is now out for the year so we won't talk about him too much uh is there Anybody from this list outside of your darling Nathan Eovaldi that was a surprise maybe for you uh, that was on this list when you originally ran it? I think they, uh, Peterson. Uh, that was a really surprising name for me. Someone who honestly, like, I haven't really looked at too much. But uh, but even I mean, even since this board, he's going. He's got Peterson's got a four eighty one ERA with the Mets. But uh, you look at like at HQ, we have expected ERA, which is like what it should be based on his skills. And it's a 3.01. David Peterson gets ground balls, 56% ground ball rate. uh, When you include his last start, he he gets those whiffs. He's just not getting the results yet. And and really, the thing with Peterson has been the homers. He's got a a homer to fly of 36%, which is just crazy bad. Um, And when I say bad, like unlucky bad. And that's that's going to even out. If you're looking for kind of a cheap starter who has not really done much on the surface, but is actually making gains uh, with the raw skills, I think David Peterson's a guy who, again, I, I didn't really look at him too much before the season, but I see stuff like this in uh, in, in April and, and then in his first May start, and I get pretty excited despite the uh, despite the ERA near five. And then um, the other one, like, I mean – you're not like you're not buying low on Lois uh, Lois Seager or anything, but like look at those numbers. That's it's just crazy what he's been doing, mm-hmm. and it's um kind of one of the kind of mini crusades we've been on in HQ is really just kind of leveraging those middle relievers this season because they are throwing more, ending that innings gap between the starters and the middle relievers is is shrinking. So um, if you get a, a Lois Seager who you know has just elite ratios throws in some wins maybe a save or two there um that's that's 
pretty much a cheat code right now. Yeah, and what I'm about, with you. I'm go ahead, sorry. Doc. Go ahead, Doc. I, I was going to say, I really like David Peterson this year. He had one really bad outing uh, at Philly where he gave up six-plus earned runs. Um, but he has, I see the upside. He has two games where he's gone at least five, one earned or fewer, and eight-plus Ks. Um, the, the K percentage is up from 19.5 to 29%. His walk rate is down from 11.7 to 8%. And he's thrown 62 change-ups this year, and they've all been to right-handed batters, and they have yet to get a hit. And it's a 38.9% whiff rate. So when you figure out he has one really effective pitch to right-handed batters who are, that's the majority of probably what he's facing, I like his upside going forward. And he's only 25 years old, so figure he has some roof. Some room for improvement. Yeah. I, I'm interested, uh, Ryan, the, the name on this list that definitely, the, the two Alexes are interesting on this list. Uh, Alex, Someone like Alex Cobb, who basically is going the Kevin Gosman route uh, and throwing a heavy amount of splitters. When someone is basically featuring a, a new pitch exclusively like that, uh, do you buy into them? Is that something where you're like, hey, I, I know it's a pitch mix change, but when someone relies on it that much, are, are you buying in on pitchers like that? Or are you almost like, hey, I, I don't know if, if someone's relying heavily on a pitch, especially one like a splitter that that can be that have a much variance to it. What are you doing with guys like that? Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky for sure. Like and 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 I generally try and avoid like the two pitch guys just because once you kind of get into that and teams are getting smarter with this, too, like once you get to that third time in the order, they've seen everything. And, and, and teams are starting to kind of pull those guys um, earlier and earlier. And that was one of the big things like a Tyler glass. Now this year, when he incorporated a third pitch, a slider Mm -hmm. um, he's able to kind of throw that and, and get through lineups uh, the second and third time. So I do kind of ding guys who just have that, um, that two pitch mix, especially, and I mean, we talked about it with Castillo, like, uh, you know, ramping that change up usage up to like 40%. So I kind of ding guys for that. Um, the thing, and I'm, I'm glad you guys brought up pitch mix. Cause like one, I, I do take that into account. Like if I've got a guy who is showing, like, you know, we mentioned the, the change up with Peterson. Like if you've got a guy who's, who's, who's showing better skills and has a pitch mix, like a tangible change, um, that, you know, that you can point to and say, Oh, I think this is why, um, he's got that improvement in skills. Like I'm much more willing to buy in on something like that than somebody who, um, hasn't really changed anything up, has the same velocity, um, but just has a good run of good skills of like four starts. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. If I, if I'm, if I'm analyzing this list of guys, I'm, and I want to go to the kind of that next level of analysis, I am going to the individual pitches and saying, um, you know, which ones of these guys who, yes, they have the great skills, but which ones are supported by that tangible change in approach. And like um, Alex Wood, who I haven't really talked about yet, but like you look at uh, his curveball, it's three miles an hour slower this year, which with a lot more movement on it than what he threw last year. And so when you kind of look at those changes in the individual pitches that back up what you're seeing, with the skills like, yeah, I, I buy in a lot quicker uh, with stuff like that. And that's, that's something too, like at this point of the season, that's about all you can buy into is if, you know, if the, the ultimate example is Lucas Giolito uh, two or three years ago uh, was like the worst pitcher in baseball. And then with the White Sox, new team, new mix, um, it was pretty obvious he was a different guy and uh, people bought in on that and won them some leagues. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking at that uh, pitch mix, velocity, movement, any changes there to, to kind of back up these these uh, these first level skills. Couldn't agree more. Um, 
let's move. We got one more bloom board I, I want to get to here. And this one came out on May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Uh, good day for a bloom board to come out. The This one we have Which, is, by the way, I have, I'll, I'll admit, I have never seen Star Wars. Not that I don't, not, nothing against it. I just, I just never seen it. So none, none of them. Like I, I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I've seen at least a few of them. Never. Wait, Ryan, have you heard of Justice League? I've heard of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's that's about it. <laughs> Ryan, man, you might live under a rock more than I do. I, I like never know any of this stuff when people relate it to me. Oh, I feel good now. I feel good. Yeah, glad I can. Yeah, glad I could help. <laughs> <laughs> so. We got your last one here, and it's 14 hitters so far with an above-average barrel rate, greater than 8.6%, uh, and then below-average home run to fly ball rate of under 13.5%. And people that talk about home run to fly ball rate, usually you expect, hey, if it's, if it's lower then, it's going to normalize to a lot more of their fly balls are going to get out. They're going to have more home runs as the season goes along here, especially if they keep up these barrel rates. Um, so I like that you have kind of, again, these guys that have, could, should be hitting for more power as the season goes along here. And there is definitely a nice mix of guys on this list. Dylan Moore was talked about as could be a, a, a darling this year. And his draft position was all over the place. Uh, Aaron Hicks hitting in the middle of the, the, the uh, Yankees order was a guy you were, people were snagging late in drafts thinking they're getting a great value. Ty France was a darling for people. Where would you like to start with this list of guys that you're looking at this and feeling really confident about? The, yeah, the, the, I'll start with the, the timing of this one was beautiful because uh, I put this out on the fourth and that night, uh, Meadows, who's number three on this thing, Meadows hit two homers and Kyle Seeger went deep too. So it was like, yes, this is awesome. Um, but that's basically what, yeah, what I'm looking at here is guys who are hitting barrels, who are making hard contact. And, and, you know, that is a raw skill. Um, they're just not getting the results yet. And, and there's been, uh, some really great, great work on fan graphs and, and, and Alex Chamberlain has, has looked into this. There's a really, you know, tight link between barrel rate and Homer to fly ball. Like, and that makes sense. Like if you're going to barrel mm-hmm. it up, chances are, um, it's going to be a home run. So these are guys who are barreling it up, but they're not seeing the results. So like Kyle Seeger is just absolutely mashing. He's got the highest barrel rate on here. And at least before his home run the other night um, was, was there the, the big one that I actually a couple of guys. So like Trevor story, man um, just got so unlucky at the beginning of the season. I have Trevor story in a few leagues, so I am invested in this, but I think he had like seven balls hit over 385 feet at some point this year and no homers and that's really hard to do um, wow, wow i think he's i think he's up to four or five now so he's gonna heat up but uh i had someone ask me the other day on twitter um trevor story versus like jordan alvarez and i'm just like trevor story all day um, not just because of the speed but uh, the, i think the power's still alive and well uh especially when the when the uh, temperature heats up in cores so story is a definite guy who i've who i'm on there um one of the guys and i put this in the tweet willie adamas and this is where like i think context is important with these boards because like a lot of times you, well, not, not a lot of times, every time you're, you are lacking context. Like you're just looking at two numbers here in a vacuum. And so what I like to kind of say too, is like a lot of times this is kind of like the start of a deeper look into somebody um, as opposed to just target everybody on this list. Like Willie Adamas, his strikeout 
strikeout rate is way up and he's at like a 50% fly ball rate. And that's not really what you want to see out of somebody like Willie Adamas. So he's kind of selling out for that power. And yes, like he hasn't been rewarded yet, but do you really want Willie Adamas hitting 50% fly balls? Um, no. <laughs> so, so that's one where it's like, yeah, he's on the list, but you take a little bit, look at a deeper dive and it's like, eh, maybe you should go back to what he was doing before. So it's also kind of interesting. Kyle Tucker was on both lists. And if that doesn't show that there's a guy that's just kind of at some point it's going to click because these underlying numbers and, and data are showing that it's just a matter of time. Is that somebody that in every league you're in, if you don't have him, you're trying to see if you can find an owner that's trying to sell low on him right now? Uh, yeah, I absolutely would be. I'm not in too many trading leagues, but um, but yeah, you look at Kyle Tucker hitting 183, like he's he's a lot better than that. Um, plus, you know, obviously this is just kind of a power base board, but uh, but but he runs when he does get on base, two for two in steals, and with a 240 OBP, like he, you know, Houston's going to let him run when he does get hot. So yeah, Kyle Tucker, especially. I mean, you then you tack on the prospect pedigree, age 24 season, like this might be the lowest value uh, that you can acquire Kyle Tucker for, for uh, quite some time. So yeah, I would be all over Kyle Tucker as a buy low right now. I just want to say I'm president of the Kyle Tucker is overrated fan club. (laughs) (laughs) I plant my flag on that. Yeah. I think Uh, it's the draft price. I mean, he's a career on base percentage of 291. Hit eight steals in 58 games last year. If we were going with that 60-game sample, he'd be on pace for four. Um, never been a huge walk guy, 7.4% for his career. And he has a career strikeout percentage close to 20%. I think he really benefits hitting in a good Astros lineup, um, especially behind Altuve and Gurriel. So I don't know. I I I think he's good. I think he, he can do a, a lot of different things that you like in fantasy, but for his draft price, I just don't like him. And he's played 137 career games, so not even a full season for us to, you know, say, "Oh, well, he's just a notoriously so slow starter." Yeah. Um, I just that, that makes sense. I mean, that that really and, and honestly, like, how many guys are top two or three round guys who have less than yeah, like three hundred or four hundred at career at bats in the majors? True. Like, yeah. but all uh, I know is, if, he, is if, if 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 he's good, then I have a lot of people throwing hate my way. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I did it, it is funny how like you do. You kind of plant a flag with somebody, and um, I mean, we don't know how these guys are going to work out. Like honestly, like I, I mean, we we try and be right more than we're wrong. But like with me and like Evaldi, it's like yeah, everything looks good. Now I'm like the Evaldi guy, and I just really hope that he turns out to be. <laughs> um, because yeah, it could go either way, and like I mean, we're seeing that with. Um, I mean, just a lot of smart people who are really super all over Vlad Guerrero Jr. And then really smart people who were completely fading him at his draft price. And so, like, smart people can be on and off somebody at the same time, look at the same numbers and, and make different conclusions. So, it, it, But it is, yeah, it is kind of funny. You kind of plant your flag with somebody either for or against, and then uh, you, you do kind of hope it, it, it works. <laughs> I agree. But then the thing is, when your player does really well to get your flag on, then it's like you're, <laughs> you want to just shout it to the world. Like, I, I yeah, definitely know I do that. Do you with victory me. lap it? Do you wait? What do you do? Well, I, I, I'm <laughs> waiting to do victory laps. I think Vlad said that you can't tweet it in April and don't do it May 1st. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, Tom I'm waiting all star break. I'm, I'm Tom Hanks in it every single time that I get the chance to. So, hey, uh, we're supposed to have fun with it. So, uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't right. care. 
Well, that was a great breakdown of your bloom boards. I want to get to the the fun part of the show while we have the last 20 minutes or so here. And that's going to start out with the question of the week. You know how that ends. I'm going to cut it off short. So our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is now official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code TRIPLEPLAY and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new user and use that code. And if you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight shows starting, actually, the first one was this past weekend. They should be coming to you weekly. It's about to be a 10 or 15 minute show each time that will help you win big with our locks of the week. So awesome stuff there. Our question of the week, which MLB player do you think has the highest alcohol tolerance? (laughs) So we can go a lot of different directions here. Ryan, you're the guest, so we'll let you lead off this one. Who's your guy? Love this question because I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge beer guy. I'm I'm up in Oregon and I I partake often um, in, in 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 good beer. So, <laughs> not, yeah. oh man, Alan, that's uh, hilarious. Uh, yeah, we're doing players, right? Not managers. Um, <laughs> his tolerance is no good, anyways. We know that. That's right. That's right. Um, I think I think there's an obvious answer here. Uh, plays on the Brewers of German descent. Looks like a beer truck, and that's Dan Vogelbach. Like Ooh, I, that guy can probably just house some brew. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got the highest tolerance in, in the majors. I think Vogelbach is like like when I saw this question, that that was immediately who I thought <laughs> of. Is. I, I, I'd like to go out with Vogelbach and, and and throw some back with him. It'd be a blast, and that's he would easily. <laughs> No, that's a really I, I, he didn't come to mind. That's a really good one. That is a good uh, one. I'm just where cheesecake. Where are you going for this one? I I, I went in the same body shape because Vogelbach did not pop in my head. It is a great answer. I went with Luke Voigt because he's also that uh, that big shouldered guy who I think could uh, could pound him back and uh, you know get him on the bench press after a few beers. That ought to be fun. But you know he'd probably get injured. Don't don't like go the- on the bench press after a few beers, Voigt. <laughs> I like the call with Hendricks too. Any Aussie definitely yeah. knows how to, to take down some. So that's a good call. Absolutely. Uh, Doc, what about you? Uh, it's funny because I have a friend that used to date Daniel Vogelbach, and she did say he had a high alcohol tolerance. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, Gabby really, did. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're definitely onto something. I'm following your guys' pattern, but I was thinking of somebody that's notoriously out of shape, and that's Miguel Sano. And somebody that has mm. that similar body frame. But you hear every reports every year, oh, he, he has to get in shape for training camp. And what's the number one way to probably get out of shape? Eat bad and drink beer. So that's my guy. Well, I like it. I could see it. I could see it. I, I was just hoping, I was really like, and, and this I'm missing. So I was looking for a, a big guy with a beer. I was looking for like a Mike Napoli. I was looking for like a Johnny Gomes. But like, there's like, I don't, is there anybody like that that's still in the league Pete right Alonso now? Pete Alonzo could grow a beard. I don't know if he could. He's pretty clean shave up I, I was like any of those any like a, a burly guy with a beard uh but there is there it's, one in the league different, right now? like yeah maybe 15 years ago you know you had your 20 years ago maybe you had your crux and and you know all David the wells you know, all the phillies then but it's yeah these guys are like legit athletes now so it's a little tougher <laughs> lance lynn oh there you go lynn hey you could have been the beard I, I wouldn't i wouldn't throw out todd coffee either i feel like he could have <sighs> definitely been <laughs> Batman, I'm sure, would have definitely been throwing some back. A, a decent honorable mention, and this just just came to 
to my thought, but you guys remember when the I mean when the Giants had all their World Series runs, Mad Bump just chugging oh, yeah. Budweisers yes. in the in the locker room. Like that we've got <laughs> we actually have you know pretty legit video evidence of Mad Bum being able to throw him back pretty pretty impressively. No, I, I, mean, I do remember that now that you say that actually. That's God, he was a legend for that. I remember yeah. that they were just like making that a big thing. Um yeah. I, like I Budweiser remember, was all over it and yeah. Speaking of tolerance, I've I've shared this story about Jimmy Fallon talking about David Wells going out and partying with him till like four in the morning. And then the next day, Wells threw a perfect game. So uh, <laughs> th- talk talk about someone who can really put him back and still perform. I think Wells would win this if he was current. That's who I would have chosen. Yeah, I think that would have been a good call there. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's go to the last segment of the night, and that's our game of the week. Now, Ryan, I don't know if, if you were a gamer, uh, but do you know where this is from? No. PlayStation 2 loading music. <laughs> the, the PlayStation, yeah. I know I didn't have a I didn't have a PS2. I was um I was uh what was the uh, was was it was it Genesis? Instead oh you had a Genesis. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. do you still I, have it? No, I no, I don't have it anymore, but had, had I was a Sega guy, Genesis and Dreamcast, and those were oh those yeah, were that's old school. Yeah. Oh man, I was say if you still had it, that's worth a lot of money right now. Yeah, yeah. And then I became an Xbox, so I was more an Xboxer than a than a PS guy. Uh, I should have put the Xbox sound on next time. Next time. Uh, <laughs> so our game of the week, hosted by Cheesecake this week. So Cheesecake, what are we playing? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I, I, I took some inspiration from Bloom's Bloomboards uh, and, and picked a statistical time period to analyze. And I also took some inspiration from uh, from my my other job in the industry. And that's right. Vespi streamer. And I looked up who's been who's had uh, the WRC plus for the past week. You know, bad WRC plus for the past week. Maybe you want to try streaming against them. But uh, so I, I looked at it by, by division and the game this week is you guys are going to try and guess the past week uh, best and worst per division and uh, one point for each guess. And then I have the tiebreaker at the end. So this should go pretty quick. I know we have a hard out, so I feel like this should go pretty quick. If you guys have something to write down, um, why don't we start with the uh, NL East best for the past week and worst for the past week? Um, we'll give guess. We'll go. One at a time, Ryan, then David, then then Doc, and then we'll rotate who gets the first guest. Do you guys understand what I'm saying now? Is it, is it player or team? Team. Yes, I was going to ask player. Yeah, player team. team. Sorry. Teams? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes team. It yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. as a team. So as a team. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and you're saying who has I, the best WRC plus? Yeah. For, by, by, as a team. So we'll start with the NL East best and worst for the past week. Uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off? Best and worst. Um, I'm going to go worst is going to be the Mets. 
Francisco Lindor by himself, dragging them down. <laughs> and uh, I'll go for best for NL East. I'll go. Um, I'll go Phillies. So, David, I'm going to either be really stupid or I'll be really smart. I think the okay. uh, the the Mets had scored like eight runs within the last week. It was one of those games against the uh, the Cardinals or Phillies, whoever they played. It was like an eight eight game or something. So that alone probably makes their WRC plus a little higher. I'll say the Mets are one, and I'll say the Nats are last. Uh, Doc. I'm going to say the Marlins are last. I can't remember them having a high scoring output. And I'm going to go Phillies are first. Uh, so in the NL East, the top team for the past week is the Braves at 109 WRC. <laughs> I don't know the Braves. But I thought the Phillies were hot. The, the oh, Phillies God. are incredibly cold. They have a 74 WRC plus. They are the worst team in the division over the past week. Okay. Wow. So uh, why don't we jump to the AL West, and we'll start with David, top and bottom team in the AL West. Oh, we have it's no got bottoms on the board, yeah. Bottom's got to be the Mariners after they were no hit. Um, the, top, the top, I'll the top, I'll say is I'll go the. I think either Oakland or the Astros. I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll go the Astros. Doc, I'm going Mariners are the worst, and I'm going Angels the best. Ryan, I got to go Mariners worst. Like I can't, I don't want to fall behind, even though it doesn't make for interesting, <laughs> uh, interesting <laughs> podcast. I'll go, I'll go Mariners low. I'll go A's top. Well, Ryan, you are two for two on that one. Uh, Mariners and A's are the worst and best. In the AL West for the past week, Mariners have a 71 WRC plus. A's are at 113, doing very well. Um, We're going to we're going to jump to the NL West right now. Uh, Doc, you're starting this one off. Best and worst of the last week. I'm gonna go best Giants, and I'm gonna go worst Dodgers. Ryan. I'm going to go worst Diamondbacks, best, God, yeah, the Dodgers have just been terrible. Um, Worst Diamondbacks, best Giants. David? After what the Giants did to the Rockies, I would say it has to be the Giants, number one. And then I'll say last, uh, I'll say the... I'll say the Padres. David! Wonderful! Padres, there we go. 83 WRC plus over the past week. Giants are at a nice 125. You guys just had to copy me with the Giants, didn't you? I mean, that was an easy one. They scored (laughs) like they destroyed the Rockies. They dropped 10 on Marquez in the first inning. They've been, I mean, and they have like the best uh, rotation ERA in baseball. Like that's. Yeah. Crazy, That's man. pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. So we, we have three divisions done. Uh, t- 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 why don't we, we go to the score? What do we, what do we, yeah, yeah, right sorry. now we have, I've got, I've got three. You guys Ryan each have three and I have two. That's right. That's right. We're going to go to the AL Central right now. And I, 
who goes first? It is Ryan goes first. Yeah. AL Central. AL Central. Um, I'm going to go last Tigers because yes. <laughs> um, and I'll go, I'll go White Sox. David, for the, for the best. I feel like it's it's got to be the Tigers, even though I, I would wonder if it's a curveball. Because um, I know they had the, the big game against the Red Sox recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if it's a trick. But I, I can't fall behind Ryan. We're tied right now. Uh, I'll separate from him later on. So I'll go Tigers last. <laughs> and I'll go... One way or the num- other. Yeah, and I'll go number one. I'll go the Royals. David, Darn. that's what I was... That's what I was going to say. Now I need to catch up to you. We still have two more divisions. Yeah. I, I'm locking in with David's answers, too. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Even though I Tigers. do think the Indians have been bad. But I'm going Tigers-Royals. It is the Tigers at 42 WRC plus over the past week. Oh, that's really God. bad. That is hard to do. And the best... In the division, also the best in baseball over the past week. I'm not going to give you Minnesota Twins, but that guessing oh. their WRC plus is going to be the tiebreaker if needed. So, so we're going to leave okay. that one, leave that one, and I will tell at the end if we don't need a tiebreaker. But right now, we okay. we would we're at four four three, so it's it's anyone's game. Uh, we'll go to the NL Central, and first up is David. I'm going to go worst. I'm going to go the Pirates. Best. Best. I'm going to go the Red. No, 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 no. Take that back. Best. I'm, well, no, they had a huge, I'll go, I'll go Reds. Uh, Doc. David, why are you, why do you keep saying the ones I want? (laughs) Worst has got to be the Pirates. And I'll say the best. The worst could be the Brewers, too. I'm going the best Cardinals. Ryan. I'll go Brewers worst. And then I feel like it's got to be Cubs or Reds because they had that game where um, I think they hit 10 homers combined. Same yeah, game. wasn't that wasn't that over a week ago, though? No, that was this week. That was the weekend. Yeah, that was this weekend. Um is it too late for me to change my answer? Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. You're, you're done. I feel like it's one of those two. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with, uh, I'm gonna roll with the Reds. All right, the worst Pittsburgh Pirates seventy over the past week. Brewers second worst. Top is the Cubs one nineteen. So mm-hmm. right now David has the lead. Ryan and that Doc was, that was have, rough. Have four <laughs> each. So we're down to the AL East. Worst and best over the past week, Doc. You're starting, and you you probably got to get you got to get two to probably to to keep yourself in this one. My guess. Oh man, I feel like this is the toughest one too. Saved it for last. I'm gonna say the worst is. Be easy to say the Orioles. The Orioles have been um <laughs> the Orioles have kind of been mashing. I'm Come gonna on, say we're, we're gonna okay, go here. Okay, I'm gonna say the I'm gonna do a curveball. I think the best is the Orioles. And I'm gonna say the worst is the Blue Jays. 
Okay. Ryan. I'll go uh I'll go Yankees best. And uh, uh, Orioles worst. David. Red Sox best. And I'll go Orioles worst. We have a tie. The worst is the Orioles. Best is the Yankees. Ryan and David, you are now tied with six points each. What a what a comeback. Wow. What a it. comeback it, it is. And the tie. I the can't blow this. Is closest to guess the twins, the twins. WRC plus. They are the best in baseball over the past week. Closest to guess. Um, I guess uh, Ryan, you are the guest, so you can tell me if you want to go first or second. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Is this a, is, is this a is this a Price Is Right or is this just closest? No, you can go over closest. Go over. Closest. Yeah. I'll go. Um, Man, this is like this is this is intense. I'm gonna I'll go one thirty five. I'll go one thirty five. And David. Can't blow this. I can't. I'm not losing. You, are, you already blew a two run lead in the last <laughs> <laughs> The number that stuck out in my head the moment you read the question was one forty three. So I'm staying with one forty three. Oh man, one thirty seven. Our guest oh. is the winner. <laughs> he is closest. David blew it, and then he gave up the gave up the walk off and extras. Walk off! What there a there it what is! A Ryan, oh congratulations! Woo! Uh, it, wow, the crowd the crowd is happy for you. I'm not very happy right now, but I got to give it to you. That was a great comeback, and I want to thank you for coming on the show with us, Ryan, because we had a blast having you on tonight and uh, chatting with you. Yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. That game was awesome too. Um, yeah, you guys are you guys are doing great things. I, I love listening to your pod last week with uh, with with Jen Stats. So I don't have any stump the Schwab or or uh, you know any <laughs> any accolades like Scott does. But uh, but uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed uh, talking some balloon boards and and yeah, it was it was a blast, fellas. Hey Amen. You are awesome. Just because you weren't on Stump the Schwab, we treat you the same. <laughs> it, it's just, it was a pleasure to get to pick your brain some. And um, for those that aren't familiar with you, if, in case they for some reason aren't on Twitter, can you let them know where they can find you, all your work, and any projects or something you might be doing? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, at RyanBHQ on Twitter if you want to follow me. If you don't want to follow me but want to look at Bloomboards, uh, <laughs> just, just search hashtag Bloomboards and they're there for you. I try and put out... During draft season, I was going almost every day with one, uh, probably like twice a week now um, as, as the season goes. So that's where you can find me. And then I, all my written work and, and all that stuff is over at, uh, at BaseballHQ.com. So. Awesome. Well, again, Ryan is one of the best out there, one of the brightest minds in the fancy baseball community. So make sure you're following him if you're not already. Uh, next week, we'll have another fun show planned. We haven't booked the guests yet, but I promise it'll be something, something real good here. Uh, so just make sure to stay tuned for that. But until then, everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy another great week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul some fun. So we'll catch you guys next week.